just receive what you want to say. Um, Lord, we just pray that you would work through him, that you would speak your heart through him. In Jesus' name, amen. So good morning. Am I on? There we go. So Kirk asked me just two days ago, or sorry, yeah, two days ago if I wanted to do this, and I said, yeah, that's sure, that's plenty of time. Um, so let's see here. I've got a lot of scripture to cover. I hope you guys are ready for a roller coaster. So I'm just going to jump straight into this. Life, life is hard. Let's be real. You know, life sucks sometimes. We've, we've seen things that we don't want to see and, and said things that we didn't want to say, and we've done things that we didn't want to do. You know, I just, we all have regrets. And regret is something that we can use to either pull us back or drive us forward. We've got to stop kidding ourselves and be open and honest with, with what we struggle with in our lives and, and daily walks. And I just, I'm sick and tired of just idly standing by. I'm sick and tired of people believing that our struggles define us. They make us who we are instead of listening to what Jesus said that we are. Now, it's okay to struggle. It's, it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to believe that. It's not okay to, to stand by and let the enemy beat you up day after day and make you believe something you're not. But it's not okay to continue to walk in that and expect God to forgive us which he does, he always forgives us. But, but we've got to come to this realization that God isn't, isn't a genie that grants us our wishes. We're here to serve him. We were created by him, for him, and for others. We have to realize that, that it's, we're called to serve. We're called to put people above ourselves and to think of everybody else as better than ourselves. So I want to look at Romans 6. 14 through 16. It says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you became a slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. I've always been a person, until recently, not only have I wanted an easy life, I've expected it. Kind of an entitlement attitude, if you wanted to say. I always thought since my childhood was such a wreck that my adulthood would just be smooth sailing. And boy, was I wrong. I promise I was wrong about that, because it seems like the older I get, the harder it gets. The older I get, the more I understand, the more I know, the more that's required of me. I just... From things I've seen in my childhood that are going to stick with me for life to seeing things in the prison that are going to stick with me longer than that. Now, once we get to heaven, but it's about getting to heaven here now. But I just feel like I've been beaten over and over again without a chance to breathe. I'm sure a lot of us can feel like that. That sometimes that life just beats us down and gets us down 
and we wear out and we fall back and we want to run and hide. Sure, sometimes it seems less painful and less difficult, but it's still hard. Life is still hard. But that's okay. I'm going to jump over to James 1, 2, and 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God knows what you need. We can go to Him all day long and say, God, I need this. I need this. But He knows what we need. I'm saying not to do that. I'm just saying other people need things too. We can sit around and say, oh, well, you know, like Scriptures, uh, have a full belly and keep warm. Have a good day. What good does that do? No. We're called to go out. We're called to deny ourselves. And I know that's not taught a lot. And I've been called a very controversial person. But it's about denying yourself and following the Lord. It's about denying what you want for what others need. So again, I'm just saying life is hard. And I want to say that and say that because it's true. I was told once by a man named Marty Rogers. I don't know if anybody here knows him. But he told me one time, he said, Trevor, you've been set up. Let's face it, we've all been set up. We've been set up by Satan to fail. He doesn't want us to have God. He doesn't want us to depend on God. He wants us to believe that we need an easy life. If, if, if we just follow Jesus, everything's going to be easy. Everything's going to be smooth. Everything's going to be nice and neat. Satan wants you to have the easiest life you can because then you're not relying on God. We must discern the difference between God's blessings and Satan's gifts. That's the subtitle of this, Satan's gift of easy. I just want you to take a look at your life. I'm a firm believer that Satan can give us what we want too, not just God. God sometimes holds things back from us to grow us. So don't ever feel like just because you don't have something, God doesn't love you. He wants to keep us from healing. He wants to keep us from freedom. He wants to keep us from love. His whole purpose is to still kill and destroy. That's the only reason he's here. If you believe anything other than that, he has you deceived. So I want to look at Matthew 7, 13 through 14, but I want to look at it in the ESV. It's a different translation than what we're used to, but I think it depicts what we're going through as a concerning of easy and hard. It says, Jesus said, this is in red, so you might want to pay attention to this a little bit closer. He said, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate that is wide and the way is easy leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Are you one of the few that have found it? Are you one of the few that is doing what you can to crucify your flesh? See, Jesus tells us we're to take up our cross daily and walk with Him. 
We're not meant to have an easy life. It's meant to be hard, especially a life that truly wants to follow Jesus. We're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. If we're to share in His glory, we must share in His suffering. We have to do the will of the Father. And last week in my communion meditation, I talked about this word believe. That I just struggle with this word believe because it's so laxed. It's so thrown around in American culture. Well, I believe in Jesus. I don't believe that gives you a a golden ticket to heaven. You know, Jesus said, it's not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father. And just a little bit before that, these people were saying, but we prophesied in your name, and we healed people in your name, and, and we casted out demons in your name. None of that matters. If you want to talk about what matters, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and talk about love. He says, we can know every language in the world, but if we don't have love, we're just a resounding gong. We can know all the mysteries of God. But if we don't have love, it's worthless. That's what it's about. It's about love. And it's not about us loving Jesus more. It's about us remaining in his love for us. It's not about what we can do, but what's been done for us. I'm not saying that our life has to be unenjoyable to follow Jesus. We just have to beware of... of easy things. Uh, a big one in my life is, is complain. I'm a complainer. I don't complain in front of you. I want to look real nice and neat to everybody. So, you know, I mean, I want to portray that I don't struggle with things, and I want to portray that, that I've got it all together. But when I'm behind closed doors, that's not me. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. How to make my private life and my public life the same, to where there's no difference. You look at me here is the same person you'll see in my home. But I want to talk about this gift of easy in John 16, 33. Let's go there for a second. I know nobody's got real Bibles anymore, I guess, except for me. But Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but then here's the main part. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome this world. All the sorrows, all the trials. And Paul said it's, it's a momentary and light affliction compared to the glory that will come when we see Jesus. All these things are for a purpose. All these things are for a purpose. So I want to get into this main scripture real fast. This is going to be a short message, but I believe that this is what the Lord said so we can all get to our crockpots or whatever you guys do. So Cole, you want to go ahead and put up Romans 9, 17 through 21? I love this verse. Romans 9, if you ever want to feel convicted, which none of us do, go to Romans 9. And I'll just go ahead and get it on my thing here while you're bringing it up. 17 through 21. It says, For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh... I lost my place. There's that control thing Nikki's talking about. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some 
and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. Well then, you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them to do? No, don't say that. Who are you? Who are we? Who am I to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? I'm sure some of us can say that. Well, why have you given me this? Well, I look in the mirror and I can name a thousand different things and ask God why. Why am I overweight? Why can't I grow a beard? That's one of my things. I want to grow a beard so bad, I would trade my hair for a beard right now. But it's not going to happen. Why? Because God created me like that. That's, that's something that God didn't want me to have. And that's okay. So verse 21 says, When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into it? That's God. We're the clay. <laughs> Don't overstep our boundaries. Remember that. We're the creation, not the creator. So should the thing that was created say to the creator, Why did you make me like this? We can also go into, Why did you allow this to happen? Uh, David was mentioned, and I'm sure he, everybody knows what's going on with him. The one thing he's never said to me is why. Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? He's always said, God's going to heal me. But he also said, if he doesn't, he's still good. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Are you able to say that God is still good amidst trials and tribulations? Because we're going to have them. The scripture plainly states that. The hardships are what shape us, are what fit us for the king. As I was walking the other day, I normally like to take walks and, and see how much weight I've lost, and, which has been none, and it's been so frustrating. But... It's my alone time with God, especially really early in the morning. That's what I love. And I was just, I text Chris, me and Chris text, well, every day. Um, but I was walking and the Lord spoke to me. And I, and I love kings and queens and medieval times. And that's one thing that I enjoy is, if it wasn't for the verse that said I've been made for a time as such as now, I would have thought I was born in the wrong time. Because I just want to, I just want to carry a sword, man. That's cool. So that's just me. But he was talking to me, and he told me, a king never uses an unrefined Excalibur. We all know what Excalibur is, right? Then he proceeded to tell me this, and this is what blew my mind. And I share this at Life Group, and I just want you to. Picture this. He told me when a sword is being made, it's thrown into the fire to glow red, then beaten into the desired shape, then thrown into the cold water. The sword believes it's over once the cold hits, but that's just to allow it to harden before being thrown into the fire and beaten all over again and over and over. Heat, beaten, cold, until finally it's exactly how the master wants it. The sword never complains because it knows when it's done. The king will find it worthy, pure, strong, and sharp to be able to do what it was made for. 
The sword takes honor in the refining because it knows the only way that it will ever be at the side of the king is to go through this, through the refining, through the fire. But at the end of it, the king never gets rid of his Excalibur because it's his trustworthy companion and friend. Now, I don't know about you, but when the Lord told me that, I was excited for refining until it happens and then we, I turn into a baby. But we're the sword. We're the ones being refined. The Lord wants to set aside. He wants, he wants us. But He doesn't want us to stay like we are. He loves us just how we are, but He loves us too much to leave us how we are. Our trials and tribulations can take us down two paths, two very different paths, kind of like the ditches Kirk talked about a while back. One, bringing glory to God and satisfaction in Him, or down the path of resentment, discontent, hate, and eventually death. So which one are you going down? Because Romans says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are we allowing ourselves to be refined? Are we allowing ourselves to be beaten? Are we allowing ourselves to be hardened? And I don't mean hardened as a way to block people out. I mean hardened as you can look somebody in the face that beats you and ridicules you and still show them the love of Jesus. Because when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. That's tough. That's being a man. That's being a woman of God. That's who we're meant to be. That no matter what happens to us, because the scripture says that we're sent out like sheep among wolves. Don't forget that. It's coming to America quicker than you think. So are you, are you ready? Are you allowing yourself to be fit for a king? Or better yet, are you allowing yourself to be fit for the king? So, Father, I just thank you and I praise you that you're fitting us for yourself. You don't conform to us, Father, but we are transformed through you. And, Lord, I just pray that somebody here got your message today. And, Lord, I just lift them up and I thank you and I praise you that we're being refined. Because kings don't use unrefined Excaliburs. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for the trials and the tribulations. We're to count it all as joy, as pure joy when we face trials. Father, so I thank you for that. You are so good. And I pray that whoever here doesn't believe that you're good, I pray that you open their eyes, Father, that you soften their hearts. You remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, Father. One that's responsive to you and one that loves people. As, as the song I hear, it really boils down to love God and love people. That's all we're about. And Lord, I just pray that your patience doesn't wear thin because there's still people here that need to know you. And Lord, I can only speak for myself, but here I am, so send me. And I pray that everybody else here does that too. So Father, again, I just thank you for this time this morning. And just to glorify you in Jesus' name, amen.